Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. All right, all right, all right, y'all. Settle down. Settle down. Hey, everyone. <laughs> I got Megan. I got her with the settle down. Yep, he sure did. Oh, I'm Tyler. And I'm Megan. And we are Whiskey and Wonder, where we drink whiskey and we teach one another about stuff we wondered about. So, Yep. And man, do we have a long-awaited uh, wrap-up on our Wonder segment today. We sure do. We are doing a part two of a yes. multi-part episode that should have been done a long time ago. ago. <laughs> but it's all right. We're here. We're back to it now. So, um. Shoo. We said what we do. We said who we are. Mm-hmm. You guys saw it on the screen if you're on YouTube, which I would highly, highly recommend going and checking out uh, today. Yes. Uh, uh, you can find us Whiskey and Wonder. Just search it and make sure you hit the like and subscribe because we don't have a cool YouTube.com slash Whiskey and Wonder yet. Yep. We which... need more of you guys to like and subscribe for that to happen. Yep. So... Um. And uh, you can find our us at our website at whiskeyandwonder.com and all of our other socials are going to be there as well, as well as down below in the show notes. Yes. Um, excuse me. I, I want to mention, check us out on Patreon. It is, uh, it's going to be down below in the notes and the, as well as patreon.com slash whiskeyandwonder. It's right there for you. Uh, I am going to flash those up on the screen for everybody on YouTube real quick, though. Um, check us out at patreon.com. We got a couple different tiers there uh, that offer you some benefits. If you want to vote on our infinity bottle, which you can see two of them behind Megan up there over her uh, on the screen, it would be her left shoulder. In real life, it's her right shoulder. Bourbon one's actually getting about half full. Um, and I have several that I need to go back and check the polls and see what you guys voted in and add in there. And so hopefully that'll be pretty full here soon. And we'll be, we'll be able to do an episode on it. Um, oh man, I just realized I, I had an empty bottle that got left behind when I was out of town. I should have brought oh, it back no. for the scotch, but that's okay. Um, the other thing, uh, check out, check out the store at whiskeyandwonder.com. We've got some t-shirts and stickers and stuff there. Um, so if you want to support us that way, you know, always like subscribe, whatever medium you're getting us, whether it's podcast, whether it's YouTube, uh, social media, it doesn't matter. Um, that helps us more than you know. Commenting as well. For sure. That puts us in the algorithm and makes other people see us. Yeah, so. and it helps out a ton. So yep. thank you guys, and thank you everyone who likes, subscribes, uh, does all that. And huge thank you to our supporters on Patreon and on PayPal and everyone who uh, sends a little monetary stuff our way we cannot do this without you so thank you so much absolutely thank y'all thank y'all so much and i guess on that note we'll just go ahead and we'll dive on into the open segment the open segment i really need to get a screen going so that you guys don't get to just watch me and Megan sit here while that plays, you know, like I take a drink almost every time and you guys are probably sitting there like these two morons, you should, you should have, we should have a transition or something. Yeah. So maybe that's something I'll, I'll work on. Oh, take notes, do transitions. Um, well, uh, man, last time I talked to you, I don't have a ton of memory of because it was 
are. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. Let me tell you guys what happened. Please after, do. After the, uh, so the last episode we did was the uh, 2022 end of, special. end of year special. Yep. Where Megan <laughs> proceeded to get hammered. I got so wasted. I got a little buzzed in the middle. But I did not get drunk at all. I got drunk. Drunk oh as my. a fucking skunk. <laughs> let me let me just say, um, first thing that happened about shortly after we went off the air, and I'm editing some of this stuff. Uh, and remember, friend Jamie's here. Uh, Megan yells out something very inappropriate, <laughs> and oh, I'm no. not I'm not going to repeat it here, but it'll it'll remain in this room, and me and Jamie know and. Megan may or may not know. I have no idea. Oh, you have no idea what you yelled out? No. Oh, God. It's very inappropriate. I guess Jamie and I will take that secret to our grave then, right, Jamie? (laughs) What did I do? If she wants to tell you, I'll let her tell you. If not, I... Anyway. Anyway, Anyway, uh, second off, Megan... uh, I could tell Megan was very, very um, gone. (laughs) <laughs> and I, 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 usually whenever we do something like that I have food here and I had some food <laughs> I remember the donuts yes that's what it was it was donuts I had donuts and something else it was peanuts I, peanuts donuts, donuts and, pe- and peanuts <laughs> so I remember Jamie said I drank peanuts yeah yeah that's right you drank them right out of the thing anyway that was bad I, I, I <laughs> Didn't prepare that this time. I <laughs> forgot about the food aspect. Um, so <laughs> Megan had some donuts and peanuts and then proceeds to go like, oh, oh. And at that point, I knew I had fucked up. It was at that <laughs> point I knew. So I ran and found Megan a trash can <laughs> and then was like, oh, God, no. That bag's got a hole in it, I bet. Let me go find a bucket. And so I found a bucket in my garage and brought it in here. And I shit you not, Megan. Megan sat there for a solid uh, 45 minutes to an hour head. Like, well, at first she puked. She puked into the bucket. I did puke into the bucket. Yep. She got a hefty (laughs) amount into the bucket. Goddamn donuts and peanuts. Anyway. So I trade back with her. Jamie is being an absolute, absolute deer and holding her hair and taking care of her and whatnot. And I'm just like swapping this trash can and bucket back and forth. Anyway, I take the bucket outside. We were in the midst of a frozen for the south. It was as cold as it's been in a long time. My fucking hose was frozen. I I couldn't even wash out the goddamn bucket. So I had to take, uh, and honestly, I don't even remember. I don't even remember how I got the bucket clean. Oh, no. I might have taken another bucket and filled it up with water in the house. And then, or maybe, no, I'm sorry. I disconnected the hose from the wall. It wasn't frozen under the house. And so I disconnected the hose and filled it into the bucket, swashed it around and dumped it in the storm drain a couple. I probably shouldn't have said that since I used to work for (laughs) 
people have the storm drains. But anyway, um, <laughs> in a different county. Anyway, um, suffice to say, I bring the bucket back in, and Megan sits there for another 30 minutes and then pukes again. Here we go with the bucket all again. So after that, she started feeling better, though. And and for the first time ever, I think, Megan didn't get emotional. I Megan always gets emotional after she after a year end event. You have no idea. Yep. But she didn't. So that was uh you guys missed that on the <laughs> on the year end special, except for Jamie, who thank you so much, Jamie, for being here. <laughs> thank you so much for taking care of Megan. And thank you for driving her home. And thank you for being you, Jamie. I think that's a big reason why I didn't get emotional. I I would agree with that. Do you know what happened on the way home? Uh, we got pulled over. <laughs> I got a text on your phone that I knew wasn't you that said, uh, yeah, I got pulled over on the way home. So, yep. so I do vaguely recall this because I remember the... <laughs> woo, and the lights on, and I remember I'm like holding the bucket in the passenger seat. Oh, um, that's right, you took my bucket. Yeah, I it, need to bring that back to you. By the way, yeah, did not that, vomit in it again. Well, that's good, so, but but I have your bucket. That's I need, fine. I if you, need, if you, you need to keep it, that's fine too. <laughs> I forgot you took it. Um, so I remember the Wii U and the lights, and I remember holding the bucket like, oh my god, what has Jamie done? <laughs> because Jamie's driving, and I'm not looking, and I like am so sick. I'm in the bucket and this like lady cop comes and like knocks on the window and Jamie rolls the window down. She's like, and the flashlight apparently like hits me and she looks at me and I either wave or I give her a thumbs up with my head in the bucket. It's a bad chicken wing. (laughs) Uh, That's me drunk at the racetrack. Um, And the cop goes, "Um, I'm going to get you out of here. I just need your license to verify that everything is okay. And then you're free to go. And so Jamie gives her a license and everything. And the cop comes back and says, yep, you're good. No warrants, no nothing. Get home safe. Gives Jamie her license back and we go home. And we are fully convinced that the reason why Jamie did not get a ticket is because I am in a bucket <laughs> in the passenger seat. Just like, mm, I'm fine. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, Megan's have we camera frozen? has frozen. Oh, no. You guys missed me doing the thumbs up and stuff. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Let's see if I can get nope. it back. You work on getting it back. Yeah, um, you tell me about, about what's been going on with you. So I just I wanted to make sure everyone knew um, that I got hammered during the end of your, your special. Oh, shit. Um, you guys can see that so much for me switching away from that screen. Whoops. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, I got hammered into your special, um, and it wasn't for the first time in my life. I didn't get, like, miserable, emotional after getting hammered, Um, and it was a nice change. And I went home, and, like, Jamie just was a saint and, like, took care of me all night, and... um, Yeah, I'll say. (laughs) I don't know what that means. Oh, she was a saint, 100%. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, she just it was awesome. Took care of me all night. I felt so loved and appreciated. So I know Jamie's going to listen to this. So thank you, Jamie. Um, you are the MVP and hero 
of that night. You'd a real sure. MVP. <laughs> well, um, we weren't here last week. Nope, you were in... Um, why weren't we here? We, uh, yeah, I was in Tennessee. Yep, you were in Tennessee because it was New Year's. Happy New Year, that, Oh, way. yeah, Happy New Year. Um, yes, sorry, I'm trying to do something on the computer here as well. Oh, and I don't know how to do it. Uh-oh. That's all right. So you were in Tennessee. Yep, um, I was in Tennessee, and um, we spent the New Year's with Shelby's brother and sister-in-law, mm-hmm. and... Um, I want to give a shout out, but I'm going to seek permission first. John, I know you're listening to this, so, uh, I'll reach out and see if we can shout you out before we shout you out on what's going on. Okay. Um, oh, I know why we want to shout him out. I bet he would let us, but we should get permission first. I hope we didn't talk about it last, uh, last week. Maybe we did. Sorry, John, if we didn't, uh, get your approval. Um, anyway. Sorry to talk in codes to Pete. Uh, <laughs> for but, everyone else. Yeah, for everyone else. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we went and we hung out with John and and his wife, Brandy, and their kids. And it was such a fun time. We had, Shelby and I both had a great time. The drive up there was, uh, for me, it was a lot more fun than it was for Shelby. Oh, um, did she get sick No, on Shelby the roads? drove. She oh. drove the whole way, but we... Uh, just to make a long story short, I had to work super i had to squeeze a week's worth of work into one day oof uh uh, last wednesday before we left and i worked a long day i worked over uh about an hour to an hour and a half i don't remember and i told shelby i was like i'm not getting up early and going like i'm gonna sleep in Mm -hmm. enjoy enjoy sleep time yeah i'm gonna sleep in a little bit since i'm having to you know work a bunch to make this happen Mm -hmm. and she was like yeah that's fine no problem um and so we left at a time that, that she doesn't normally leave at. And so we hit a lot more traffic. It also, I think it was the holidays. Yeah. But it just, it, honestly, it seemed like we hit a ton of traffic. But realistically, we only were about an hour behind when we were supposed to be. It gets tricky because we changed time zones. Mm-hmm. And my brain can't do that math on the fly, apparently. Um, oh, shit. I just dropped that over there by you. Can you, can you pick that up? Anyway. Um, so we hit Knoxville at like 3.30, and it was just terrible traffic. So the GPS had us going on the Beltline and then taking some back roads and then getting back on the interstate. And it was terrible. I mean, it had everybody doing that, and there was an accident uh, that had shut down the only road there was construction going on, building a new road through the area, so we couldn't really go around. We couldn't. It was blocking all the side roads. Uh, so finally, after uh, we uh, we hit traffic in the mountains too, it was just it was a long day of we had to go around the mountain traffic, which you know you have to go around the mountain in that sense, basically. So she'll be coming around the mountain. Yep. So that that happened. It was a fun drive. Um, we made you know we made made it fun. Um, and then we got there and hung out with John and and his family and um yeah it was a very good time they took us out to uh we went to an awesome dinner at a very uh, it was amazing the pork chop i had was amazing um i tried their house 
oh, I don't even remember what whiskey it was, but I tried their house, their barrel pick um, of a certain whiskey, and I can't remember the names escaping me at the moment. And then we went to see um, uh, one of their friends doing a live concert because uh, they're they're in the in a suburb of Nashville, so a lot of a lot of good live music, and I had a blast at that. Got really lost in the music. It reminded me of the days when I used to play music a shit ton. Oh, and yeah, I. It definitely made me miss those days. Uh, met some of their friends at that, so that was fun. But uh, my my funnest moment, the funnest thing that happened to me was uh, we 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 didn't really do a ton while we were there. We just spent a lot of time like hanging out and chilling and whatnot, which is that that's awesome to me, you know, and me and Shelby. So um, we got. I, I kept telling them, I want to get a relationship ending game of Monopoly going. Oh, God, why? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It just felt like it was... I haven't had one going in a while, and I felt like, you know, this is a fun time to do it. Let's test, let's <laughs> let's test, test some these, relationships. Let's test these relationships. Oh, boy. <sighs> so, suffice to say, the game started terribly for me. Mm. I had... All the properties were bought, and I had three properties. And let me tell you how John and his his son play. It's not what I thought was typical Monopoly. And John's going to laugh hearing this. I know you're listening. It's like, if you trade me Boardwalk, I'll trade you this and this, and you'll never have to pay rent on Ooh, the blues until I've, it's until it's just us two. I've never heard that. Yeah, me neither. So I was learning all this on the fly with three properties that didn't <laughs> line up at all. And so I'm like, what in the hell is happening? And so John is starting to build his empire and he's he's easily in first and Shelby is in second and I am easily by far and away just, in last. Just, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be the first one eliminated. And <laughs> so the little one in the tugboat I, like wait for me. I looked I looked around to see what I could finagle and realized there's a finite amount of houses and I had the rules right in front of me that says you can't build a hotel without having four houses Mm-hmm. On, your, on property. your property. Yeah, that's that's a rule. Good. Okay, glad. So I end up making a trade because his John's daughter, Shelby's niece, had uh, three of the four railroads. She had accumulated three of the four, and I had the fourth, and she had two of the three light blue properties, and I okay. had the other one. And so I basically traded her my two properties the railroad and whatever other one I had for her two light blue ones. And I, I went and I had so much money because I didn't have any properties. I bought all the rest of the houses and put them on the blue one. And so John was like, oh, fuck, I can't expand anymore because <laughs> there's no more houses to buy. And so next thing you know, John, Shelby, and his son, JR, had all combined. They were, they had gone full communist oh my god <laughs> in a capitalistic game <laughs> and and me and uh shelby's niece had made an alliance so that we were kind of like they they made an alliance well hell we need to team up so that we don't fall for it mm-hmm. fall to them and so she ends up they pulled their money and bought uh our they had they had been able to put houses somewhere and she hit hit it twice Oof. And it basically bankrupted her. Oof. And the way me and her had organized our deal is that our finances weren't intermingled. 
So she had to pay it. And John basically looks at her and goes, I'll forgive the debt if you join us. (laughs) (laughs) That is some shady fucking shit. And so she was so sweet. She was, she was like, I made a deal. And she was trying so hard to be loyal to me. And I, I just looked at her and I was like, it's okay. Go ahead. And at that point, John was like, yeah, it's over anyway. I concede. <laughs> but I just found it hilarious that we took a capitalistic game and, and they turned it communist and still lost. <laughs> um, <laughs> the socialist inside me is saying, ow. <laughs> yep. Mm, capitalism. Anyway, I mean, it definitely has its <laughs> issues, but it's better in my opinion. Anyway. I know. You and I are um, different in that front. I know. <laughs> um, the other note, note, noteworthy thing that happened um, is that uh, <laughs> New Year's Eve, uh, we were all hanging out and staying up, and I kind of, for whatever reason, just not felt super great that day. I woke up. I had a my cough. I've had a cough ever since I was sick, you know, a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And... It was just worse, and I was kind of achy. Honestly, I thought I was getting sick again. And so, get through the day. I think that might have been the day we played Monopoly. I get through the day, and it gets to about, I don't know, 11 11 o'clock at night, roughly there, Mm -hmm. which is central time. Mm -hmm. And so, I was like, you know what? I just, I'm struggling to hang. I'm feeling kind of achy. Let me, I'm just going to go. Lay down. Yeah. Probably not even going to fall asleep. Just play on my phone. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, and then, you know, at 10 till or whatever, I'll come back down and see the new year and then go back to bed. And I even told Shelby, I was like, come get me, you know, in case I fall asleep, come wake me up. And so she comes upstairs and, and at like 11 o'clock, she like, she gives me a kiss. She's like, we'll do it on Charlotte time. Aww. She knew. She knew because my ass fell asleep. Just- <laughs> Oh, she said she came up two minutes till and I was just sawing some logs up there. Oh, so she's like, ah, I'm just going to let him sleep. So. Oh, that was sweet. So I, I brought the New Year's in dead asleep. I, fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, you had a pretty fun New Year's Eve. I would say I I did, too, but mine was very, very quiet. Um, Originally, we were going to have some friends over for like a fire pit and we were going to like just do a big thing uh, that ended up falling through and it was just me and Jamie and we literally sat in bed and watched the ball drop and like uh, <laughs> basically um, shared a kiss and you know our hopes and dreams for you know what this future year would bring and uh, it was a really calm peaceful wonderful New Year's so it was nice um, and then, uh, went on our first like true date, um, just kind of random out of the blue. I wasn't feeling too good mentally. And Jamie was like, okay, well get in the car. I'm going to go take you somewhere. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, she ended up taking us to Razoo's, which is a Cajun chain here in if you're on YouTube, you just saw me make a face. <laughs> Tyler is like disgusting. <laughs> Why? Why do you not like Razoo's? Just wasn't impressed the one time I went yeah. there. It was not. Okay. 
Well, f- and that's coming from somebody that likes chain restaurants. All right. Um, it's, in my opinion, a really good chain Cajun restaurant. And we were into, we yeah. wanted some long, Cajun. Hey, long as long as you enjoyed it. Uh, it was wonderful. And it was a very a real interesting experience from the hostess to the waiter. So I don't think the hostess had ever seen lesbians in person before. She seemed very confused. Um, and then our waiter was obsessed with us. Um, he... Because you're lesbians? He said it was our aesthetic, and that was his exact word. His exact wordage was we had such a cool aesthetic as a couple. Um, so I have... My, the sides of my head's, head is shaved, for those of you guys not on YouTube, and I pulled the top of my hair back in a ponytail, and it's dyed blue. Um, and so uh, me and Jamie both have tattoos. Um, my wallet is a handmade leather wallet that's steampunk, and it has an octopus wearing a top hat on it. And he saw my wallet. He freaked out about my wallet. He freaked out about Jamie's tattoo. She has a phoenix on her arm. Um, he freaked out about my tattoos, freaked out about my wallet. Um, Jamie loves Affliction, which is like a country kind of, I don't know how to explain it, C- country rock type brand. Um, and they do like the old like Tom Hardy style clothing. Um, so very like, Tyler's thinking. Just, I'm just thinking Tom Hardy. <laughs> it's very Tom Hardy. Yeah, I know. And so there was also like a phoenix on her shirt, and he freaked out that he had a phoenix that she had a phoenix on her shirt. And then she ordered a Budweiser, and dude's head came off. That's a fine beer to order. He was like, "Are you sure you don't mean Bud Light?" And she was like, "No, no, no Bud's I want a the Bud." Yeah, the king. <laughs> and dude was like, not a Bud Light? And she was like, no, just a regular regular bottle of Budweiser. He, it, he was shocked that she, I guess, being a woman, ordered this. Or I don't know why he was just so amazed that she ordered a Budweiser. Um, and then I ordered a, fin- a finger of whiskey just to see what he would do. And he didn't believe me that they had the whiskey I was looking for. So we had to go and talk to the bartender. And it was it was a whole... What'd you get? Uh, I asked for Glenlivet 12, which is on their menu, which is what I wanted. Yeah. Um, they were sold out of that. So I ended up getting, um, I think, one of the bookers. Um, or no, it was uh, Duar. Because I was like, okay. I need to write this down because we need to do this on the podcast because it was really good. Okay. Um, but it was just like some of the most... Fun and, um, I don't know, fun experience that I've had in a really long time. And it's just lots of laughing and everything. So, life's um, been good, Tyler. I would like to make a point of uh, amend, amendment here. Um, and I'm going to put Megan on the spot here. But Megan oh, sent no. me a text that she needed to clarify something and amend something on the podcast. So you go right ahead, Megan. What did I need to clarify and amend? You like something. Oh, my God. Shit. 
Um, I'm going to make her do this in a public forum. Yep. Yes, he is. Okay. So I don't know what episode it was. Many, many moons ago, Tyler and I got in an argument about cornbread. Yes, I'm doing this over cornbread. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, cornbread is disgusting. I hate it. Turns out, I just didn't have good cornbread. (laughs) Um, Tried to tell you. For New Year's Eve, because apparently it's a Southern tradition to do... like Black-eyed peas, greens, cornbread, and... Ham, ham, pork. pork. Yep, yeah. that's exactly. So I I'd never I don't do that though. I've never heard of that before in my life. But yeah, Jamie I, was like, "Well, we're, we're going to do it because you know you've never done it." So, and Jamie is a hell of a cook, hell of a cook. Like I am, I could go on and on. But anyway, so she made cornbread, and I was like, "Probably not going to like it. Don't be offended if I don't." <sighs> it was so good. It was so good, Tyler. Now, now, have you had it? Hot cornbread with an ice-cold bowl of milk yet? Not yet. I need her to make oh, me some more cornbread. To, oh, God. That is that is poor southern goodness. All right. That you is, hear that? that comes Jamie, from, make me cornbread with a bowl of milk. That comes from my grandmother when she lived growing up in the Depression. That's what she'd eat, was cornbread and milk. And she taught me that when I was uh, when I was young. And it's still, to this day, one of my favorite things to have. All right. Well, Jamie, make me some more cornbread, please, so I can have some cornbread and milk. I know we're running long on this. Uh, There was something else that I had wanted to to, uh, bring up that happened. But I can't remember it, so I guess I'll just chime in with it if I do remember it later. Okay. So... For now, and I know our wonder segment's a little bit longer than usual, too. So Uh we're going to dive into what we're drinking today. Opening the bottle. And I will fully disclose that John and I, while we were visiting, had quite a few different whiskeys, and this was one of them. All right. Well, uh, tonight we are drinking a very old Barton's. 86 proof. 86 proof. Um, trying to find anything on this online was really, really hard, other than this is apparently a, quote, bottom shelf, unquote, whiskey. Like, it's supposed to be very... Yes. Very cheap, like $15. Yes, I paid 13 <laughs> Yeah, $13 for this bottle of whiskey. Um, and poor. <laughs> fair. Um... It is a Sazerac company. It's er, distilled in the 1972 Barton Distillery uh, in Bardstown, Kentucky, Um, which we've done the 1972 on here before. Yes, that was actually sent to us by John. Oh, hey, John, you just keep popping up. Um, And, like, other than the fact that it's distilled uh Sazerac distillery and the 1972 distillery is the one that actively distills it. I uh really couldn't find a whole lot of information on it. Like it it just kind of seems to exist. So I've always heard it's been it's been a while since I've uh had the 1972 other than this past weekend uh with in Tennessee with John. <coughs> Excuse me. And we, I've always heard that the mash bill for very old Barton is the same as 1792. It's just the aging that is different. 
Okay. Um, and so we kind of did a taste test and comparison because he had a 1792, I believe it was barrel proof, John. Let me know if that was wrong. Um, but we did a, a taste test, these side by side, and it was interesting to note that there was definitely some similarity, yeah, similarities, but there were definitely differences as well. So I'm interested to see what you think about this. And it is a, it is 86 proof. It there are a couple different versions of very old Barton, uh, a couple different proofs. Some of which are bottled in bond, some of which aren't. I believe there's up to a hundred, um, and I think that one's bottled in bond, if I'm not mistaken. And I hear that that one's very good, but alas, I have not been able to find it yet. So for the time being, we have the 86 proof because it's the one I can find. Fair. Um. And I, like I said, I paid like $13, $14 for this. Yes, very, very cheap. And I'm, I mean, even trying to find like tasting notes and stuff is kind of... Uh, it's kind of hit or miss because not, not a lot of people are buying this to review it. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it is <laughs> what it is. I'm pretty straightforward on what I smell with it. So Megan's taking a whiff and I don't want to so... contaminate her nose. I think you already contaminated my nose because very briefly before we even hit record, you like said, oh, I see that this person says this smells like this. Yeah. And I... now it's what I smell. Are you kidding me? That's what you smell? That's what it, it smells like. <sighs> yeah. Really? I smell. All and... right. Hold on. But, okay. So I... what I found was somebody said it smelled like rotten fruit. I think that was just prejudice on their part. So I'm going to have you do something. We're yep. going to we're going to do a live on-air test. So okay. Megan's going to have to fill the air for a minute. Okay, I'm going to fill the air. I mean, I my brain just heard, "Oh, it's going to smell like rotten fruit." And so it's going, "Yeah, it does." Or maybe like an like a weirdly I'm getting banana, like jack banana. That's what but I was looking for. You were looking for banana? It just like jack. Um I'm getting Jack Daniel's banana, but maybe like overly ripe <laughs> Jack banana. It smells just like Jack banana to me. I definitely. If you, didn't, if you guys can, couldn't hear me off when I was off uh, microphone, I said that's what I was going for. I wanted, I was getting the Jack Daniels out of the out of the um, case behind her. Like I can smell banana, but I'm gonna say it's overripe banana. It's like the banana that's like. Not quite to the point where you wouldn't eat it. Like, it's banana bread banana. It smells, yeah, it smells like banana bread. Yeah. That's exactly what I would call it. Yeah, like, it's it's right to the point where it's, like, really mushy and you don't want to actually, like, it's good for baking banana bread. It's banana bread banana. Yeah, um well. That's uh, banana bread and some sort of nut, question mark, maybe. Um the... Interesting, because I get something. Oh, what do you get? <sighs> it's hard to put my finger on it. Ah, uh, the review I found. There's something what like. The fuck? Yeah, I don't know. There's something else there, but I can't put my finger on it. Um. The overwhelming thing is banana. It is overwhelmingly banana, and as a Jack fan, that's. It is not rotten fruit. Whoever you are, you're terrible. It is. It's banana. Very, very ripe banana. Um, and as a Jack fan, that makes banana me think. Bread. Yes. 
makes me think, am I gonna am I gonna like this? Is it gonna be like Jack Daniels or am I not? Uh oh. Um, we're gonna find out. Um, the no. So this person that reviewed it that I'm reading these tasting notes for, I don't even know if I want to read them out loud because where I don't think we're smelling the same whiskey. I don't. So this person says, and just hang on because we're gonna get to the the real weird thing. Delicately, delicately fruity with fruit punch. Okay, yeah, you will get the same one up. Orange juice, cherry syrup, and bubble gum. Bubble gum. I can kind of no. get it. I can kind of get it if it smells like juicy fruit. And I wouldn't call juicy fruit bubble gum, though. It's juicy fruit. Chewing gum, then. Mm. I, I don't know what you call it, but it tastes. Call it, it smells like bananas and juicy fruit. That's what it smells like to me. Uh, bananas and juicy fruit. Yes, maybe. Okay, I'll give them that they were they meant juicy fruit and not bubble gum because bubble gum distinctly like. You're thinking pink hubba bubba. Yeah, hubba bubba bubblicious bubble gum that like you blow the giant yeah, bubble. Disgusting crap. Oh, you don't like bubble gum? I do not like gum at all, really. Really, that's the yeah. saddest part about having a tongue ring is the fact that chewing gum is a task. Get well, stuck I to the tongue ring. Did not know that. Yep, get stuck to the tongue um, ring. Now you know. Well, um, all right. So, have you taken a sip of it? Nope, not yet. All right, we'll dive in. I'm scared. I don't remember because John and I drank quite a. It's not that we drank a ton, but we drank a lot of a lot of variety. So, I don't remember where this one fell. I don't like it, Megan. <laughs> oh, really? I don't. I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it. I need to drink more of it, but uh, that initial sip was rough. So, I don't think it's half bad. Uh, to me, it's it's got a little tiny lingering burn, but it was definitely oaky, a little bit charry. Kind of right before it went, it went oaky in the mid, slightly charry to a little bit of a lingering burn. But I, I, I missed the front. I get a sickly sweet front, like sickly sweet, like so sweet, um, ill. Yeah, I can see that. I it's a now that you've said that it's a very sweet front, like so sweet, like sugar water, just like bleh. yeah. But it goes pretty quick. It does, but that. That was so sweet initially, like it just punched me in my face, and See, I'm trying to recover. I I I have learned about myself that the the tip of my tongue I must have burnt it off because it it gets flavor, but it's very mild compared to the the uh, the meat the mids and the the final notes. I wish I could get rid of the front. Yeah, well, maybe water does that. I don't remember. We'll find out. Yeah. So. Like, I wish I could get rid of the front half of this whiskey. And just because the mid and the end is pretty enjoyable. But that initial, the first, like, hit on your tongue is like, <clears throat> um, So, supposedly, supposedly this is, um, it's aged, I don't know if it says it on here. Like I, I think I read online earlier that it's aged. Four to five years, and 1792 is aged uh, eight to nine. So there's about a four-year difference in there. 
Um, but it should theoretically be very similar. Um, do you remember if we liked the ni- the seventeen ninety two? No, we didn't. We rated it very low because Oof. we were number one inexperienced, and number two, those were foolproof. Those oh, were very those spicy. Were back in the day. Um, yeah. So the mid, like I am getting a nice oaky char. There's like a lot of orange zest, which is really nice. Um, and the finish is a little spicy, um, a little smoky, enjoying it. That initial, every time it hits my, t- like I'm dreading putting it to my lips because I oh, know the that's, initial. That's funny because going back and looking, we did the 1792 distillery, which John sent us. It was a, a foolproof single barrel that he was able to get a hold of. He sent us a little sample. And that was episode 38. Wow. Megan, you rated that a two. Ooh. I rated it a four and a half. So I was more like down the middle. You were like, this sucks. <laughs> so apparently Megan just doesn't like 1792 Barton. Whatever that mash bill is, she's out. Yeah. Sorry, Bartons. We're, I mean, I'm going to keep, I have to keep drinking on it. And I'll let you know well, if anything changes, but uh, I think well, we've uh, we've chatted long oh, enough. We'll let it let it unless you have anything else. We are supposed to be. Oh, tasting, I'm sorry, I forgot all about that. Um, tannic and slightly bitter front fruit punch, bubblegum, bitter aromatic compounds. Yeah, mm, I don't I don't no. get too much of that. I get no. just pretty. Uh bourbony without this. To me, it's without the sweet because the front end passes so fast. I didn't even notice it the first time I sipped it. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. So sweet. I can't do that sweet. I don't like it. Oh, it's definitely, uh, definitely does something if you put it under your tongue, too. Mm. You're not going to like it. I wouldn't advise doing it. Mm. Anyway. Well, one other note that I just read is. You can get Bartons at Costco. So all you states out there that that um I can't have can, realistic liquor laws. Yeah. Yep. So I also heard that uh while we're on the topic of the whiskey, I also heard Buffalo Trace fired their distributor, so maybe their stuff will be becoming more available. Who knows? But everybody that lives in a state that's not run by the state, the liquor's not run by the state. Good luck. For us, we'll see what happens. Yep. It's time for the wonder segment. All right, Tyler's taking water, so I'm yep. going to say That's... all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um all right, so we kind of teased it earlier and it's pretty much um let me do this so I get a solid 30 minutes out of it. <clears throat> so, it's been 2 months since we've done part 1 of the Bermuda Triangle. So, Sorry. But, Let's go ahead and do part, let, let's do a review from part one before we start part two. Yes, please. So we learned that the Bermuda Triangle is the area of ocean between Miami, San Juan, Puerto Rico, and the island of Bermuda. Um, a little bit of the mystery surrounding the area begin. Excuse me, if you'll remember it. Um, Damn, what did I type here? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Words are hard. Yeah, we learned we learned where the Bermuda Triangle is. 
Excuse me. God, that was right in the mic, too. <laughs> We're off to a roaring Yes, start. we are. Uh, let's see. Let me try to figure out what I was trying to say here. We learned where the Bermuda Triangle is, the ocean area between Miami, San Juan, Puerto Rico, and Bermuda. We learned a little bit about the mystery surrounding, uh, when the mystery surrounding the area began, which if you remember, uh, it all started thanks to several abandoned ships being found in the area. And we also learned about the many incidents that occurred in the Triangle. That's what I was trying to say. If you recall, the first incident was the HMS Atalanta, the ship that I always wanted to call Atlanta, (laughs) uh, which disappeared in the Triangle in 1880. The second one was Flight 19, the group of Navy bombers whose lieutenant got mixed up and led them out to sea, despite some of the trainees seeming to have known they were going the wrong way. And the third incident that we looked at involved the USS Cyclops, which was a bulk cargo ship that uh, again disappeared inside the triangle. The ship was sailing uh, from Brazil to Baltimore. But the crew thought it was overweight because it was taking on more water than it should have. And there are several rumors as to what ultimately happened to the ship, but it's thought to have sank in a storm, you know, helped out by the fact that it was overweight. So that's a quick and dirty summarization back up to us. Now that that's done today, We're going to look into a few more incidents, and then we're going to look at a couple of theories on why this area has produced so many odd instances. So I will admit that the uh, two events covered in part one, or the three events, sorry, uh, the three events covered in part one were the events that I could find the most details on. Uh, So these next events kind of have limited details, but with that being said, let's uh, dive into it. So... On December 28, 1948, a Douglas DC-3 airliner left San Juan, Puerto Rico, again, bound for Miami. So we're literally flying the edge of the triangle here. Uh, This was a propeller-driven plane manufactured in the 1930s and 40s for both military and civilian use. It held between 21 and 32 passengers or 6,000 pounds of cargo and had a range of about 1,500 miles. The military primarily used these planes for logistical purposes, such as transporting troops, cargo, or wounded soldiers. While researching this flight, I actually stumbled across an amazing factoid. I'm going to drop in this little nugget right here. Yeah. As of September 22nd, there are still 164 DC-3 airplanes flying on a regular basis. As of September 22nd, 2022? Yes. Oh, wow. As of like five months ago. Wow, okay. Yeah. These were built in the 30s and 40s. And they're still going. Still going. Damn. Some are still in military service, while others are used in commercial operations, primarily as small cargo planes. That's not too bad for those airplanes made in the 30s and 40s. In fact, the sixth DC-3 ever made is still in service, with its most recent flight being made in April of 2021. Anyway. Wow. Back to to December of 1948. On board the flight were 29 passengers and three crew members, Captain Robert Lindquist, co-pilot Ernest Hill, and stewardess Mary Burke. Prior to takeoff, Lindquist noticed, uh, noticed. Yeah, Lindquist informed local repair crewmen that the landing gear warning light was not functioning and that the aircraft's batteries were low on water and needed to be charged. The details kind of get a little fuzzy here. 
But from what I was able to piece together, it sounds like the battery charging was going to take several hours and Lindquist was not willing to delay the flight that long, especially since the batteries should be recharged by the aircraft itself during the flight to Miami. Mm. So Lindquist fired her up and began to taxi out to the runway, but quickly stopped and reported that he was having communication issues. The crew were able to hear what was being said to them but the radio was struggling to transmit because of the low batteries. Somehow, and again, details get fuzzy, but somehow, whether it was through hand signals or getting a few transmissions through, Linquist was able to agree to stay near San Juan until the engines could reach recharge the batteries enough for two-way communication. So basically, he agreed to, since he could hear everything, he could take off, do a couple donuts around the city in the air, and then charge the battery. All right, we'll see you later. So at 10.03 p.m., the aircraft finally lifted off the runway and proceeded to circle San Juan for 11 minutes, at which point two-way communication was restored. Lindquist radioed the flight plan and told the tower that they were proceeding to Miami. San Juan replied with several subsequent communications, none of which were responded to by Lindquist. At 11.23... Uh, at 11.23 p.m., Miami Air Traffic Control picked up a routine message from Linquist stating that they were at 8,300 feet and had an ETA of 4.03 a.m. This put the plane at approximately 700 miles uh, from Miami. Throughout the night, Miami ATC heard several sporadic messages from the flight, all of which were routine. At 4.13, which is three minutes past or 10 minutes past when they were supposed to be there, Linquist reported that they were 50 miles south of Miami. Interestingly, this transmission was not heard by Miami Air Traffic Control, but instead by New Orleans Air Traffic Control, which relayed the message to Miami. It's also worth noting that at this point, the plane would only have had enough fuel to fly for another hour and 20 minutes. Mm, sounds like they got turned around and to something. Well, Miami Air Traffic Control attempted to contact the flight to report a wind change. However, neither Miami nor New Orleans were able to contact the flight. Nothing further was heard from Linquist and the plane, and the thirty-two. Uh, nothing further was heard from Linquist and the plane, and the thirty-two people on board were never found. Oof. A search for the plane was conducted, and on January fourth, nineteen forty-nine, two bodies were found about eighty miles off the coast of Guantanamo Bay. But it's unknown if these bodies were connected to the missing plane. Since Linquist never acknowledged the wind change in Miami, it's unknown if he received the message or not. Had he not known of the wind change, the flight could have drifted 40 to 50 miles off course, so the search area is actually widened to span parts of Cuba, and the Everglade, uh, Cuba, the Everglades, and the Gulf of Mexico. Other than the two bodies, which may or may not have been on board the plane, many years later, divers found a plane similar to a DC-3, but it was so weathered and eroded, it was they were unable to verify if it was the missing DC-3 from 1948. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. So, I couldn't find a ton uh, on this last incident, so it's, it's pretty quick. On September 25th, 1955, a pleasure yacht was found adrift uh, south of Bermuda. It was the Connemara 4. According to meteorological records, in 1955, Hurricane 
Ione, I-O-N-E, passed near Bermuda between September 14th and 18th, uh, 14th through 18th. It's thought based on a letter written in 1955 by J.E. Chaloner that the yacht was moored in a roadstead, which is basically a small open water area where uh, it, that's protected from rip currents where ships can basically anchor themselves. Uh, Chalinor says in his letter that the owner added extra ropes and anchors to keep the ship in place during the approaching hurricane. However, once the hurricane had passed, the owner observed that the yacht had disappeared. So this most likely was just a case of the yacht breaking free of its anchorage, anchoring during the hurricane and being pushed out to sea. So, that one is more logical than the rest. But still, now that we've looked at a few more incidents, let's look at what the causes are uh, for the disappearances in the area. Obviously, there have been some logical conclusions drawn in these situations, like the last one. But let's look at some of the less logical options first. The first theory that I want to explore is the Kraken theory. Yes, yes. <laughs> In 1885, just a few years after the HMS Atalanta incident, a U.S. Navy battleship, USS Maine, is believed to have encountered and attempted to engage a Kraken. No official government documentation has ever been released to support this theory. However, it stems from the testimony of a man who served on the USS Maine in 1885. Seaman John Percy Wayne, nicknamed Three Named John, wrote in a letter to his brother that stated, quote, On the fourth day of our voyage, we encountered a beast like none I had ever witnessed. She seemed to be the largest octopus on the earth. Its arms stretched high enough to touch the sails, and in its grasp was a civilian ship, which it easily broke in half with a fierce squeeze. Yes. As we approached the wreckage, preparing to fully engage the beast, the first cannon fired, and the beast sank back into the water. We waited for it to show itself, but the beast never did. End quote. <coughs> Fact. What? Fact. That is what happened. Yeah? <laughs> As I said, no official government report was released on this encounter, and that's probably because I made it all up. Wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I love that Megan got so into that one. You're the worst. <laughs> What the fuck? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I made all that up. Sorry. I just wanted to add a little bit of humor in there. But a I knew I would get you with the crack, and I knew it. Mm, dang, <sighs> dude. Oh. You kept your face straight and everything. No, you laughed. So uh, you were, I was able to get you my laughs in You were able to, like, yep. oh, oh well. I am. Oh, well, hopefully you out there, you didn't fall for that. Like, I'm assuming Megan will. I literally wrote that. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't fall for that like I'm assuming Megan did. Or Megan will. I did. You're right. You're right. You're right. But while we're on the far fetch, let's take a look at some of the paranormal explanations for the, cons the consistent troubles in the Bermuda Triangle. As you might imagine, there's not a lot of details supporting some of these arguments. The first explanation is that the ships or the technology in the ships and the airplanes are being interfered with by the lost city of Atlantis. Now, this, heard, one's, this one's real. I've heard this one. Oh, okay. According to psychic Edgar Casey, the city of Atlantis was supposed to be discovered in 1968. Instead, the Bimini Road was discovered on September 2nd of 1968, 
which led many, many people to believe that was the discovery of Atlantis. The Bimini Road is a a submerged rock formation off the coast of the island of Bimini in the Bahamas. It might be pronounced Bimini. I don't know. Like bikini. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, it's made up primarily of limestone rocks, most of which are rectangular and appear to fit together to form a fairly organized road or wall. It's kind of like the yellow brick road from the Wizard of Oz, except with limestone rocks that were 6 to 13 feet in size. This road runs a length of almost half a mile and is oriented in such a way that it could be the top of the wall, top of a wall erected to protect the northern half of Bimini Island. This one's actually somewhat plausible because Atlantis truthfully could have existed and been destroyed or lost in a volcanic event. Think Pompeii. Which is what Plato says happened to Atlantis in his works, uh, Timaeus and Critias. Critias, maybe. Plato described Atlantis as flourishing around 9600 BC and being far more advanced than any other civilization. Yep. Some Atlantis theories state that the civilization was so advanced that they were able to deal with the physical pressure of living almost four miles below sea level. Uh, sorry, I'm just checking my against camera there. Um, however, sonar bathymetry, uh, which uses sonar to map the bottoms of the oceans, shows no unexpected underwater features. Now, there are ways that this could not show the city of Atlantis or the island of Atlantis. Um, and that's if it was very, very flat. Uh, it, the, the bathymetry would struggle to see that. But I've actually done sonar bathymetry before for my job. And it's pretty, that's pretty good. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Considering that Plato described Atlantis as, quote, having lain beyond the pillars of Hercules, which is the Strait of Gibraltar, and having, quote, vanished from the face of the earth, end quote, during a volcanic event, I personally think it's safe to assume Atlantis, if it did exist, was much closer to the Azores. I know we've talked about this on here before, but the Azores are a group of islands where in the Atlantic Ocean where the African, Eurasian, and North American geologic plates all meet, resulting in a fair amount of volcanism. It's one of the most volcanically active places in the Atlantic Ocean. This area would satisfy both of Plato's descriptions, but is nowhere near the Bermuda Triangle. Others think that a parallel universe or wormhole exists in the Bermuda Triangle, which causes space and time warps sucking nearby objects into parallel universes. The main support for this comes from another missing aircraft story. So we're going to have one more because I found it later. Ooh. Carolyn uh, Casio, Casquio, something like that. C-A-S-C-I-O. Carolyn Casquio was a pilot who flew chartered vacations in the Bahamas on June 7th, 1946, she flew flew from Nassau to Grand Turk. When she arrived at Grand Turk, she radioed that she thought she was lost, as the island was the correct shape, but it appeared completely devoid of any signs of human life. It was only woods and beaches. This transmission was received by the Grand Turk airport, which told her she was, in fact, at, at the correct island and could proceed to land, but she never did. She radioed that she couldn't find the airport, 
despite flying directly over it. She circled more than a dozen times, with the airport tower radioing, radioing her frequently. Her responses indicated that she was not receiving transmissions, despite the airport receiving hers. After being in full view of the airport for over 30 minutes, oh, Casquio no. decided to fly back the way she'd come. Her plane and all those on board were never found. Oh, that's freaking sad. Did Carolyn Casquio fly into a parallel universe where humans didn't exist and only her radio signals were able to make it back, make it through the wormhole? Maybe. After an online search, it doesn't appear that wormholes are much more than hypothetical at this point in physics, so how would we ever know? Maybe it's, oh I hope you guys can't God. hear her. She is dreaming and just... That was... Whimpering. Yeah, she, that, uh, you guys heard me start, like, pause there. That's what that was for. Like, what is happening? <laughs> um, so still with even less proof are those who think that these incidents are the results of UFO activity. This has been the main paranormal theory attributed to the mystery of the USS Cyclops, which we covered in part one, which was episode 95. And we also covered it. Uh, I'm sorry. Hold on. I jacked that up. Uh, UFO activity has been the main paranormal theory attributed to the mystery of the USS Cyclops, which we covered in part one or episode 95. And it's also considered, uh, it's also part of the mystery of the Mary Celeste from episode 14, which Megan taught us about mm -hmm. a long time ago. A very, very long time ago. I'm not really going to go over either of those here. So if you want to learn about them, go back to episode 95 and episode 14. But, but wait, there's more. Before we dive into the logical causes, which one of these paranormal causes do you think has the best chance of being true? Mine's Atlantis. Don't you dare say the Kraken. Only Megan gets to say the Kraken. I, I, Kraken. The Kraken. I knew that would get her. Anyway, comment on YouTube and or email us which one you think is the most plausible out of those uh, not very plausible answers. Now, let's look into some of these logical causes. Some of these are pretty straightforward, so there might not be a ton of info, but, you know. Firstly, and most official explanations tend to go this route, but we've got to take a look at, uh, at, at the person in the mirror and say that human error is probably the cause of most of these. But uh, that's not fun. Yep. It's, honestly, it's pretty straightforward. I can see in every example I've listed how human error was the cause. You know, sometimes we just make mistakes, and sometimes those can be deadly. Yep. Next, uh, one of the explanations is that magnetic anomalies that ex uh, yeah that exist in the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, this one is kind of it. Kind of borders for me the way I thought about it, it, like the Atlantis explanation. You know, the the power and and technology of Atlantis is throwing off the gadgets and planes and ships. That's basically what this is, except it's saying magnetic anomalies. Uh, instead of Atlantis. And it kind of seems like it's plausible until you realize that multiple studies have been performed and have no magnetic anomalies have been discovered in the area. So that's kind of like, well, good theory. Science has ruled it out. 
The next explanation is almost as logical as human error. It suggests that violent weather is the cause in many of the many cases of ships or planes disappearing. The Bermuda Triangle sits over what I would call Hurricane Alley. I know we've all heard of Tornado Alley. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, this is uh, Hurricane Alley. And the majority yeah. of U.S. hurricanes pass through some portion of the Bermuda Triangle. And considering how they wreak havoc nowadays when we know they're coming for a week beforehand, I'm sure it was even worse when it yeah. caught people off guard. Do you were You wanted to be a storm chaser, right? Like that was your... Yes, I did. That's what I wanted to do when I was in high school. So you like, have you studied Hurricane Alley? Like, or were you more into like tornado storm chasing types of things? Um, I got, when I was doing meteorology in college, it was more general. Uh, We did more um, broad area systems, like how the weather moves across the United States and how that's more of what you deal with on a, on a day to day as a meteorologist anyway. Hurricane, obviously, there's tornado season and hurricane season, and each one have their specific setups and whatnot. And I've learned a lot more because I'm that dweeb that likes to watch all the weather. I mean, like, I'll sit down and watch a live stream of meteorologists and storm chasers, you know, and and I watch people that, that explain weather models and what's coming on. So I, I still learn about it. I just changed my degree to rocks instead of the atmosphere. Well, cool. All right, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just was curious. No, and I've, it's just, I mean, we have a tornado alley, and then I saw a picture of all the hurricanes from 1855 until today, and they pretty much, you couldn't see the entire, uh, you couldn't see basically half of the U.S. Mm. The entire um, eastern half of it had been affected by not not one hurricane, like, enough hurricanes where you couldn't see the satellite image. Okay. Since 1855, so. Yeah, makes sense. Um, let's see. Another theory, and this is one I had never heard of until this research, is rogue waves. Apparently, several normal waves can uh, combine, as it were, and cause the water to grow taller and taller. Um, typically it's created by high winds and strong currents, uh, which makes the Bermuda Triangle the perfect mixing bowl. The Gulf Stream is a major oceanic current, which runs right up the east coast of the U.S. and right through the Bermuda Triangle, and it typically flows at around five miles per hour. You add in the wind from hurricanes and the trade winds, and boom, giant waves, at least kind of. Apparently, these waves are fairly rare and occur about one out of every 200,000 waves. Um, This one, to me, I I don't really... I feel like that energy's got to go somewhere. Yeah. I feel like... uh, I I just don't under... I don't... I'm not going to say it's not plausible. I just don't understand enough about it. Even when I was researching today, I was kind of running out of time. So, um, I would like to know what happens to that energy in the ocean. Why is it not... Why doesn't it make its way across the ocean as a tsunami? Um, so the final, final, the final possible cause is methane hydrates, which are areas of periodic methane eruption that can produce areas of quote-unquote frothy water, which are no longer 
able to provide enough buoyancy for ships. This could quickly cause, or this could cause ships to sink quickly and without warning. The USGS has published areas of large stores of methane under the seafloor, and one of them is actually off the southeastern coast of the U.S. However, they believe that no large release of gas, no large releases of gas, have occurred in the Bermuda Triangle within the last fifteen thousand years. So, well, that's the story of the Bermuda Triangle. It's an area with plenty of eerie disappearances of both planes and ships. And truthfully, who knows what the true cause is, whether it's aliens, hurricanes, or boring old human error, or some combination. Who knows? Or the Kraken. Or the Kraken. (laughs) I can't believe you got me with that. (laughs) I was thinking about it halfway through reading. I just randomly cracked up and I was, while I was reading, uh... Uh, it's still one of the most uh, interesting phenomena to me. I hope everybody enjoyed this. I hate that the two episodes were spaced so far apart, but you can always go back and hit episode 95 first or again to refresh that memory. Yes, for sure. And before we move into trivia with Tyler, because I'm terrible and didn't have one ready, I remembered what I was going to mention in the open segment. Um, On the way back from... John's, Shelby, and I, I got an email that said there was a cheap flight to somewhere. And we looked and snagged a cheap flight. And we are going to be gone the first weekend in March. Or the, nice. We're going for a week in March um, to Denver. Ooh. Yep. My hometown. Yep. Nice. So we're going there. We're going to piddle around in Colorado and see, you know, what it's all about. That is super exciting. Um, I hope you have uh, such a good time. Um, Jamie and I will be going to Colorado uh, later this year in May for my nibblings high school graduation. And you're what? Nibbling. Yeah. Instead of like. Niece or nephew, nibbling is the blanket term. Uh, so it's my niece. It's She is graduating high school. Hmm. Well, congratulations. Which is insane. Uh, so we'll end up following you out there a couple months after. Um, if you are okay with it, I'm sure me and Jamie would love to do an episode. Yeah. Uh, actually, that was the second thing that I remembered. Won't be here next weekend. Oh, okay. So we can either... Not do an episode, or you can do one, but you guys can definitely do one when in Colorado. I know this last minute, it was kind of last minute. Okay, cool. Well, uh, we'll talk more off air, but I plan on there being an episode next week. Okay. So that is the plan. Oakley doakley then. Well, uh, then you need to learn a couple other things. Oh, boy. Okay, we're going to have to do that then. It's fine. It's not major. Maybe I can fix it between now and then. Anyway, let's move it on. Trivia with Tyler. Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. Today, I learned that I can get Megan with a Kraken joke. (laughs) No. Um... 
The Michigan Department of Transportation has names for every one of their snowplows, along with mounted cameras and a tracking map so you can track your favorite plow as the season progresses. That's awesome. So, go out, find yourself a favorite Michigan snowplow, and uh, follow it around this season. What are their names? I don't know. What in the world? How can you give us that nugget and not give us their name? Michigan Snow... I just find an interesting facts. Plows. It's just trivia. There's no no uh, uh, further discussion. <laughs> At least when I look it up, when I find um, this stuff. <laughs> there, okay, there are some fun ones. Um, a couple of the fun ones are Salt Shaker, Sarnia, Big Bertha. That's, um, uh, my old truck at work was, I called it Bertha. It was actually designed to be a snowplow that never had the snowplow part put on the front. <laughs> Man, it was heavy shocks in the front, so it didn't give when you hit a bump, and it was light in the back because it was already a truck, and it was extra light because it was the long bed. Man, you hit a you hit a, a manhole cover, and it would bust sideways on your ass. <laughs> I named it Bertha because it hits back. <laughs> Jesus. Um, John Bon Snowy. Fast and Flurious. Uh, uh, Cheerio Snow. Um, Sleetwood Mac. Mm. Mm. <laughs> the Big Laplowski. I'm ending on that one. <laughs> wow. There are some fun ones. All right. Well. <laughs> Those of you on YouTube have uh, seen me periodically forcing myself to drink this as Tyler's Wonder segment went on. And as I'm sure you can tell from my uh, facial expressions, I have not liked it anymore from the start to now. I've added water to it and I've been too scared to try it with water because I'm scared it's going to be even sweeter. And I guess I'm just I'm just going to I'm just going to have to go for it. Well. It definitely, um, it changes it, but not in yeah. a good way. It changed it. It, 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 it made it lighter. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to, how else to describe it other than that. It, it kind of took away from everything. The burn was a little more intense on the back end, but it subsided quicker. If that makes sense. Now that's a face. I don't like it. Yep. That's Megan's opinion. If I could write that down as a number score, I would. It is. Have we ever given a zero? Do we give zeros? I don't know. You give whatever you want. We. Um, I think the lowest we've ever given is a point five. Yeah, I I would agree with that. That was the uh, that was wolf, wolf burn, burn episode. No, you gave it a zero. A zero. I've given I, a zero before. I gave it a point five. It's a zero. I hate it. I will never drink this again. Don't at me. That zero. So Awful. What, never. What I've learned today is that Megan is gullible, which I kind of already knew. That's why. I had that line about, I hope you didn't fall for that like Megan did. I'm very gullible. Um, it's true. Especially when it was a Kraken. Um, Give me a D&D monster, and I'm like, yeah! Second off, I've learned Megan has very high, very high, uh, refined tastes. <laughs> I can't do the $13 the, Oh, just wait. So, pot. 
Turn around, turn around in the in the in the drawer there. Get the one, open the door, and get the one on the far far right. Uh, I'm sorry, far left. That's yellow. But watch out, there's two small ones underneath it. Far right, when you have to scooch a little more. Nope. There's more. Oh. It's yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Hold that up to the camera. Oh no. I've had <laughs> it this. It looks bad. I've had this. This is a. This is hard to find around here. Oh, it looks horrible. 20 bucks. Oh, okay. Well, we're, we're going to roll with that on one of the next episodes. I've had it. Oh, no. It's also distilled in Bardstown, Kentucky. Which yeah, means I'm pretty that. sure. I'm pretty sure that's a, uh, I'm pretty sure that's a, a Barton 1792 product, too. Ugh. Anyway, yeah. If uh, you didn't like this, you're definitely not going <laughs> to like that. Um, so Megan just shit it all over Barton. Um, She's got high taste, uh, refined taste, and I'm, I honestly. I mean, good for you, Tyler, that you can like it and enjoy it. And I don't think it has anything to do with the cost. It is just so sickly sweet. I can't, that whiskey, I like sweet whiskey. I like, this is not sweet. This is above and beyond sweet. This is. Like I took sugar and poured it in the whiskey and mixed it together, and it. I just don't get that. <sighs> I get a little bit of sweetness, but nothing crazy. Oh, it's sickly sweet to me. Uh, I'm gonna give this. Uh, I, we we try not to take price into account. Just taste. account. Just taste. Um, but hell, for fifteen bucks, I think I paid thirteen dollars for this. I'd probably ride with I'd dance with this again. It wouldn't be my daily drinker. There's better stuff for twenty bucks. But it's not as bad as as in my opinion as you think it is. Yes, it is. It's um I uh, you guys go out, find yourself a bottle of very old Barton eighty six proof. I mean it is only thirteen dollars. Drink and it and let us know what let you us, think. Yeah, let us am know what I, you think. Am I correct in that it's so sweet it's sickly? Or is it just okay. Yeah. Which I think it's okay. It's it. I would definitely use this as a mixer. I'm. I probably wouldn't pull it out terribly often for. Well, I don't know. Maybe a mixer would better be served by something higher proof. Um. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna give it a four. Mm, well, uh, you know what? I'm actually gonna give it a four and a half. It's pretty. Okay. It, it it was decent. So, I would I would go back to this well. But um, on that note, everybody, I think this pretty much sums this episode up. Will there may or may not be an episode next week? I will plan on there being an episode next okay, week, then. assuming I don't destroy whatever new things must be no, done. No, nope, it's not no destroy. You've been watching me do it all night, so oh, just touching the cameras. Yeah, but there's a specific place you got to touch. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's what she said. Oh. You know. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Uh, on that note, guys, I think it is time we get out of here. Um, thank you for joining us in 2023. Thank you for listening. Please like, share, subscribe, do all the amazing things. Uh, find us on Patreon, Whiskey and Wonder. And um, yeah, go vote for the uh, Infinity Bottles. Should Very Old Barton make it in there, or should it not? Do you want to punish <sighs> Megan? 
Or not. That's the question. <laughs> so, All right, guys. Um, thank you so much. We look forward to spending the rest of the year with you guys. And um, don't drink a drive. Cheers.